Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. It's the regular edition. Uh, tonight, Andrew Juge punked out on us. Kevin Held is either banging bitches or working the big story in St. Louis, Ferguson. I How dare... Dave, how dare a news event keep held from yelling and saying fuck a lot about a Saints game that he didn't watch? Yeah, you said this is the regular edition of our podcast. This is the not so regular regular edition. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, we had a we had a we had a legitimate kind of media person drop into our lap because him and Andrew yelled at each other. So uh, so we had to we had to we had to do it. You know, Jason Cole's got like 50,000 followers, so we know he had to have a podcast, but um, we're back to the Saints. They they worked it out. They kissed and made up. They kissed and made up. Uh, I made a couple of degenerate gambler jokes. It was great. And and Jason Cole, he kind of – he didn't change my mind completely, but he made a little bit of point that, you know, if the Saints hit a rough – if the Saints have a bumpy season, Jimmy Graham might start to think, God damn it, I – you know, I, I'm making – I'm the highest paid tight end, but if they wouldn't have screwed me over on that franchise tag, I could have made like $20 million more. So, I mean, a little bit of a point, but let's start with that. The, the donking look. Everybody knows. They read my column. They heard me Tuesday night. They know what I think of Jimmy. What did you think of Jimmy Graham donking, and what do you think of it going forward? Well, I mean – you know, I don't really give a crap what happens in preseason. If he wants to dunk and be stupid, that's fine. Uh, or not even stupid, but silly. Um, you know, I'm I'm all for a, a good little slap in the face of Goodell. Um, <clears throat> although, you know, if we were to listen to Jason Cole, it sounds almost like he feels like the dunking was more of a slap in the face to Peyton and the coaching staff. But, um you know, so it's it's fine. I wrote about it too after the game. I mean, it's, it's, as long as it's not something that happens in the pre in, during the regular season, uh, then it's fine. But I mean, you could definitely tell after those touchdowns when the Saints had to kick off from a little bit further back. You know, the uh, the Titans uh, 
were able to run the ball back. Well, the, I think the, well, the, the Saints special teams suck. The return. Well, they the, did. They, they the really did. suck. They they really did, and uh, you know, and they definitely got a, some extra work uh, thanks to Jimmy Graham and thanks to all those other penalties. But you know, I, I agree with you. It's not really a big deal right now in the preseason. Let's just see what happens in the regular season. But um, it is a little surprising, I guess, to see somebody like Jimmy Graham do that. I, I always kind of thought that Jimmy Graham was a pretty down to earth. You know, not to the extreme that Marcus Colston uh, is, but um, more on, on that side of the spectrum than the, you know, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss side of the spectrum. And, uh, you know, so I was just I was a little surprised to kind of see uh, Graham let his emotions get away from him like that and 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 make and do those you know, and dunk it, not so much the first time, but the second one, obviously. The second one, I was like, I was kind of like the first one, I was like, ah, maybe Sean Payton, like, was like, you know, Jimmy, if you want to dunk it, it's a preseason game, go, uh, go yeah, ahead. It was, a, it was a little prima donna-ish, but, yeah. um, I so mean, we'll see. The, the, the thing that was interesting to me about the whole, the whole preseason game was, um, Sean Payton's press conference after. It was even yeah. almost more entertaining than the actual game. He was pissed. I, he, he actually dropped the whole – Mike Triplett asked him some questions about Jimmy Graham to start, and he actually did the whole cut Mike Triplett off and was like, next question. Yeah. That's how mad he was. But the if you watch the NFL games, the preseason game, which I do on the NFL Network, Dave, it is raining freaking flags in the NFL and on the illegal contact. And basically last year, you know – we talked about Seattle. Their their whole theory of defense was we're going to mug receivers every single play, and eventually the referees will stop throwing the flag, and we'll keep the, mugging the receivers, and we'll have a great pass defense. And it worked for them, and they won the Super Bowl. But it's almost like the NFL said this year, hey, Seattle, you think we won't throw a flag every play? I'll make it rain flags, Pete Carroll. And <laughs> But here's the thing. Even if it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be this way in the the regular year. I don't think so, Dave. But if it's more pass interference penalties, yeah, it'll hurt the Saints' defense. But being that the, the Saints are maybe the best passing team in football, at least they could say they're the best passing team in football since 2006. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it maybe benefit them? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. You know, there's two sides to every coin. Um, you know, so if they're going to play a team like the Seahawks, if the Seahawks are going to remain aggressive in the in the secondary and get handsy and, and get all touchy handsy, and feely, like. and, uh, and if the refs are actually going to continue to call that even throughout the game, even if it totally slows down the game, even if it seems like it's ridiculous, um, then, uh, yeah, then the Saints are going to be able, be able to move the ball down the field pretty quickly. Um, yeah. as, as would any team. So, um, we'll see, but I, I mean, I think, I think you were saying it and I think I agree with you that once the regular season starts, I don't know if they're, you know, they're not just going to s- slow down an entire game and just continue to call it. I mean, um, it... I think they're going to let up a little bit and that's why I think technically really, I, I think the Saints defense and I think the Seahawks defense and anybody who else who wants to try it, I mean, I, I think they should sort of continue with that philosophy of let's test the referees. Let's keep pushing let's let's get handsy let's get physical and uh let's see what they do i, I still think you got to test them yeah and i mean i know a lot of people were like when i said hey 
they can't keep throwing these flags because the networks will get mad. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, the People are going to start to hate the game. People are going to get all pissed off that, oh, my God. Well, I mean, fans are going to get pissed off because you don't want to – I mean, we love going to the Saints game, but you don't want to be at the Saints game for three hours and 45 minutes, and and it's not an overtime game. But my point was, Dave, the networks will get mad because CBS and – you know, CB, the, the net, CBS and Fox for that late game, they don't want their primetime shows running really, really late. And local news is a huge moneymaker for local stations. They don't want their local news coming on right. at 10.30, at 10.45 instead of sometimes 10.10 or 10.15. They don't want that. They're going to have to get cut pissed. out some of those TV timeouts. They're going to have to cut out some of those yeah. TV timeouts to so, make up for it then. So I don't think I don't think it's I, I think it's going to be more, but I don't think it's going to be. I think teams will adjust a little, and I think the refs will kind of ease up. But um, but we'll, well I mean, see. I'll tell you what. When I was at the game the preseason last week, I mean that first quarter took forever. I mean it just like I couldn't <laughs> yeah, believe. Holy shit. I mean me and my mother. I mean I was just like this is really obnoxious. Like I cannot believe it's taking this long to play, 15 minutes of of clock time. Uh, I mean it it really gets frustrating when. When you're at the game and there's that many flags. Yeah, and it wasn't like it was pre-snap penalties and such. It was all, you know. Um, The interesting thing this week, Dave, in practice was we finally got to – yesterday, we finally got to see Jarvis Bird. Oh, yeah. And apparently from all indications, he looked every – worth every penny the Saints paid him. Yeah, I heard he made some crazy one-handed interception off of a Drew Brees dart. Uh, So – yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like the secondary should be improved. Patrick Robinson's back. Champ Bailey's practicing. Jairus Bird. I mean, it seems like all the pieces back there are finally uh, starting to come together after three weeks of training camp here. Yeah, I mean, and because you don't want Corey White starting at corner <laughs> against Atlanta. I heard he's been looking pretty good too. Actually, it's looking you know, look. Corey White is good, and I I'm I'm president of the Corey White fan club, and I like Corey White, and I think you know he went from being atrocious. In 2012, to being slightly below average for a nickel or dime corner last year, I think Corey White can be a borderline starter to a, maybe a very good nickel player, but I don't want him having a really, really prominent role against the Falcons week one. I mean, I really like Corey White, and I mean, I agree with you. I, I think he's definitely gotten better. I mean, I think the issue that I have with Corey White is just the lack of consistency. I find him to be inconsistent. I, I feel like, you know, when it comes to training camp practice, I hear these glowing reports about how he makes some big play, but then I, I might read something about how he just gets totally burnt. And, I, and the same thing happens in games. I feel like sometimes he makes really good plays and you're like, wow, he's, he, he, could, Dave, he could be a starter. He does it all at once. Remember yeah, San Francisco? Right. He picked it off and then fumbled going into the end zone. I mean, that, that I mean, that play is the epitome of Corey White. I mean, it's, the, it's a, you know, he he's the River City relay of yeah, cornerbacks. He's the River. <laughs> I mean, really, oh. I, it's, it's like I want to like him and I and I hear good things about him and he does some good things. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, he might he might back that up with something bad. So it's just like you never kind of know on any given play which Corey White you're going to get. Yeah. Is there Dave, is there any scenario that would make Sean Payton play Drew Brees in the fourth preseason game. No, 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 no. He's not playing. He's. I don't think he's ever played in a fourth preseason game, uh, except for maybe 2006. Um, no, he's not going to play. 
there's there's no reason to rush anything. There's no reason to. It's not like he needs the practice. He doesn't need the the reps. Uh, he knows what he's doing out there. He's running the show. Uh, I would expect quite a few players to not play next week. I wouldn't expect Colston to play. Um, maybe some of the starters on defense. You know, the fourth game is, you know, put all your bubble guys and your young guys out there. That's their last chance, um, you know, to show coaches why they deserve to be on the final roster. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, um, as we look at the roster, the, the most interesting cuts of you know because you you go on these even Canal Street Chronicles a little bit, but you go like different places and you read stuff. Fans are like, oh my God, they can't cut Brandon Coleman because he'll never make it through waivers. You know, all these players are like, Saints fans treat them like they're some sort of hidden gem that and if other teams in the NFL are just dying to get their hands on, and I don't think that's usually the case, but I do think Dave. That Marcus Ball and Pierre Warren, if the Saints cut one of them, I think they're going to get claimed. I think honestly, the only safety they're going to cut is Ty Zimmerman. I put out my. You think they're going to keep them all? You think they're going to keep Ball and Warren? I think they're keeping six safeties. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I put out my 53-man roster earlier this week, and I had them with six safeties. Uh, yeah, I just I just think that's the direction this defense is going. I think that's what Rob Ryan wants to have, so it would not surprise me in the least for them to have six safeties. I, I really foresee that happening. You know, and, and my theory on the backup quarterback situation is I think it's going to be Griffin. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think they, you know... Um, oh, I do too. You know, they, he's younger, and I think they want to, but, but, you know... And the big, you know, I think I even said it last week. I thought, look, they can they can keep Griffin. I think they can cut Luke McNown. And God forbid anything happens to Breeze. I, I thought, you know, they can always grab Luke McNown later if need be. But Dave, I don't know about you, because I you, but I've been watching a lot of the preseason games because I have no life and a gambling problem, perhaps. <laughs> and they have a lot of teams with horrible backup quarterback. I mean, San Francisco, Blaine Gabbard, he was a – I mean, but everybody knew he was a disaster, but he's even worse as a backup quarterback if that's possible. Um, They need a backup quarterback. Um, I'm trying to think of another uh, – Miami's backup quarterback, terrible. Atlanta's backup quarterback, terrible. Uh, Cleveland. I'm not really crazy about any of those guys. Yeah, in Cleveland. Cleveland. They're they're. I mean, I think I don't know that they would keep three, so you couldn't put them in. Um, I think the third string backup might be their best guy. Yeah, it's true. The guy from <laughs> Connor Shaw from South Carolina. I mean, they have a lot of they have a lot of teams, Dave, that I think might, might claim McNow. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I mean, if they're, I mean, just think about how many teams that are struggling just to find a starting quarterback. So how bad do their backup quarterbacks have to be? Yeah. So we'll, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I do think Luke McNeil would be a guy that if, if a team gets an injury, you know, when a team has an injury at quarterback, if the saints would cut him, I think he'd be probably at the top of the list of like, Hey, come on, come on and work out for us on a Tuesday. Um, but we'll, we'll see you had your 53-man roster um, 
receiver, how do you think that's going to go? I had six receivers too. I, you know, I figured, you know, you got to have a balance between offense and defense. Usually, you know, usually you've got 25 on offense and 25 on defense. If it's off a little bit, you know, it might be off by like one player, but you're not, you don't usually see any team taking, or at least not the Saints. Uh, you don't see them taking, you know, 28 guys on offense and 22 guys on defense. So, um, so to even out that six safety uh, look I had on my roster, I, I, I gave the offense six wide receivers. Um, it's just, just because it's a tough call. And, and also part of that was just because I felt like there weren't a lot of offensive linemen that stood out. And, and, and the Saints have a lot of guys that are versatile, so they don't necessarily have to keep you know, four guards and four tackles. They've got yeah. guys like Marcel Jones that can play tackle or guard, or they've got a guy like yeah. Tim Alito that can play center or guard. So, um, so I think if they're going to splurge on an extra roster spot, um, I think it's wide receiver. And, and also unlike um, years prior, I feel like they don't really have anybody at running back. You know, usually every year they have one undrafted free agent guy who surprises the hell out of everybody and they feel like they've got to keep them. And I mean, this year, you know, it was either supposed to be Tim Flanders or Derek Strozier. And uh, I mean, so far, halfway through the preseason, none of those guys have have come out like lightning in a bottle, like some of the other guys we've seen, like Kyrie you Robinson. Had, uh, and, you had Cadet Forte and, not making it at linebacker, right? I had, uh, I had, no, I had Kyrie Fort making it. I, I, no, yeah, I took out, yeah, Fort didn't make it, and. But that wasn't really the, the one player that I think every that, that a lot of people were maybe disagreed with me on was that they thought that Kyle Knox would would make the roster at linebacker. I didn't have Kyle Knox in there. Yeah, um, it'll be. I think I think uh, Forty he could he could he's a he can he can get through he can get through waivers he'll be fine. I don't yeah. think any of our you know I, I think Ronald Powell Fort. I think all I think those guys can definitely clear waivers. You know, and they have to. The thing is, too, they have two extra spots in the practice squad now. So. So they, yeah, that's right. That's right. So they have, you know, they have some flexibility. There's always a guy that's just sort of a surprise cut, and I know people peg it at Victor Butler because he hadn't played at all in two years, and I don't think that's a big surprise. The one that I'm watching is Meacham. <laughs> Yeah, if they don't if they don't keep six receivers and and they only stick with five, um, you know I, I think it's between Meacham and and God, who do they have? Nick so you've Toon. got No, I think Tune makes it. I think <sighs> Tune makes it. So I mean, I think you've got uh, Colston, Stills, Cooks, Tune. Um, you think they cut Joe? If, if you you think they would they. I don't think I think yeah I think it might be between Morgan and, and Meacham and honestly like you said I mean I think Morgan might have the edge so it could be it could be Meacham I think that gets cut. Morgan just based on his preseason and his 2012 there's enough wide receiver needy teams that claim him because, well I mean I mean regardless of that but I mean look when Meacham was with the team you know Meacham's Meacham's role in the team is to stretch the field, go deep and catch long balls. And I mean, that's what, that's what Joe Morgan's role on this team has been too. And I mean, let's face it. Meacham is older and a little beat up and Morgan, even though he's coming off uh, knee surgery, 
He's he's looked pretty good. He certainly looked good last. Yeah, the week. thing the thing, and, and I don't know that's this seventy five yard average. Yeah, so, this, I mean, I, I think you go with Morgan. If that's the hardest thing with that is, I wish that's one of the things I wish Andrew was here because Andrew, you know, he he does the grades. So I would say is Meacham can block. Meacham is a really good blocker. I know Morgan's Andrew, a pretty good blocker yeah. too. Morgan, can but block the thing well is Meacham too, 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 too not as big. Meacham can play all the wide receiver positions, and I don't. Can Morgan do that? No, nah, I don't know about that. So, we'll we'll see. That. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I, I've I I I forgot his the couple of guys' names. He has the on Twitter. He has a Rodney Dangerfield avatar with the leather football helmet, and he said <laughs> that the. I forget his name, but he no, said the know. Saints. He's a he's an NFL. He's a writer at NFL.com. Chris yeah. something is his name. Right. He said that the Saints, the two deepest rosters he's seen is the Saints and Green Bay. Hmm. Um. So it'll yeah. be. I mean, the Saints. This is, you know, we talked about it after the draft. We talked yeah. about it as we went into training camp. Is you know, people kept saying this. This looks like the best. On paper, this looks like the best Saints roster yeah. that we've seen in years. And then, you know, you had even in early in training camp, you had guys, I think, like Hokey Gaijan or whatever, saying that was the best Saints practice I've ever seen in the yeah. Sean Payton era. I mean, it's 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 rare when the Saints go into a season, even even, you know, years they won the Super Bowl in 2011 and last year, where they have very few spots where you're where you where even those years, you were like, well, they, you know, we know they, they, you can't lose your quarterback, and you can't. But they only, for them, I mean, there's, you know, it would suck if, if Jarius Bird, if he has a setback and he has to miss time, but they'd be okay at safety, you know. If Keenan Lewis had to miss, um, they'd be okay. There's very few spots, you know, quarterback, left tackle, they'd be, I think, they'd be in a horrible spot. Um, I think tight end, if they miss Graham, I think the drop-off would be huge. But that's only two or three yeah. spots. I mean, most teams have four, five, six of those. Yeah. Yeah, they're deep. Yeah, I mean. They're deep, all right. You know, but but uh, tackle can be in it. But most, I mean, how many, I mean, the interesting thing was I Pete Prisco, and I know people hate him on Twitter and <laughs> go at him, but he made a really interesting point. It's like, off backup offensive linemen in the NFL suck. And his theory was, and it was a pretty interesting one, was that the reason is so many college teams are playing the spread now that it used to be th- that backup college linemen in college were better, more NFL ready. Now they're not so NFL ready. So you take you draft a guy, and it takes two three years to like get them up to speed. And that's kind of what the saints, I mean, you look at Bushrod and different guys. So that was his theory and why the, and why offensive lines depth is so fucking terrible, but it was, it was interesting. Um, but, uh, I don't read much of Prisco. Well, I read him on Twitter and I like him. I'll, I'll, I fought with him a couple. I fought with him a couple of times. He, 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 he threatened to block me, but he did not. Oh, you lucky bastard. <laughs> He's a Long Island boy. He grew up in the town next to mine. He when I, I remember when he was out when I was working at WWL and he was out covering the Saints training camp. He was like bright orange. <laughs> He's like George Hamilton. Kind of. Yeah, I think. But I think I think he like his home base is Florida. But he was like a bright like I was like, wow, that is tanned. 
He's like George. He was like George Hamilton in a Ritz cracker commercial. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, the interesting thing Saturday, and I know it, you know it's just preseason, so you can't get a lot from it. But um, Andrew Luck, who looks like a homeless vagrant, but he's <laughs> he's a fantastic quarterback. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick also looks like a. Well, I Ryan Fitzpatrick has more of the has more of the lumberjack. Grizzly bear, right, grizzly, right, right. yeah, kind of look, you know, I'm a, a, a mining gold in 1870 San Francisco kind of look, but but Andrew Luck just looks on, he looks, he looks kind of like a like uni, he might be the next uni bomber. That's all I'm saying. He should be living under the Claiborne Avenue bridge. He should be like that's what I'm saying with him. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, I know they said the secondary's back, but do you think, do you think Bailey and Lewis, you think they're gonna play? Saturday? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, I think this is a dress rehearsal, so. So we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting. Maybe not. Maybe not Lewis. Uh, maybe not Lewis, just because his his he his injury is fresh, and he just did that, and he yeah. Up till up till Saturday, he was playing. I mean, Champ Bailey's kind of been out. Champ Bailey could probably use a little, just a little game game warm up in game warm up there. Yeah, I mean, um, it'll be the interesting thing is the Colts' offensive line is. God awful, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that Rob Ryan is going to, you know, unleash the Greg, the Greg Williams double G, let's zero blitz until we, we, we injure someone. I don't think, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think old Rob Ryan's going to do that. Nah, he saves that for the regular season. But, He's uh, saving that for Atlanta. But it'll be interesting to see how much pressure they do get on him. Yeah. Um, I just uh, want to see more turnovers. Really, I mean, that was. It, unfortunately, all the penalties last weekend sort of obscured and, and masked the fact that the defense otherwise um, created five turnovers, which is, I mean, that's huge. That's that's a huge stat. That's the that's a stat you always want to win every week. And if you're if you're winning in that stat, usually you've got a very very good chance of winning the game. Um, and I think Peyton mentioned, you know, during some press conference, you know, like the top four, the top six teams. In the turnover margin last season, they were all playoff teams, and I don't think that that's a uh, coincidence. So no, I mean turnovers the, are important. The Very Saints, important. I I don't think the Saints were negative last year, were they? But, I think they were even. I think they were like dead even. Yeah, I mean they made it one year. I want to say in 2010 or 2011, they were negative. You know, like n- not not horribly negative, but like negative right. two or three. I mean, th- basically. Dave, the, the we're like on year five of like the turnover drought. Like it was it was raining turnovers in 2009, but it's been a desert ever since, pretty much. Is that fair? I don't know about desert, but it's you know you can't compare it to 2009 because I think 2000. You know, if you're calling this a drought, then 2009 was a flood. So we're, I think we're comparing uh, two ends, two extremes, and yeah. two ends of the spectrum. Um, but you definitely want to see them on the positive side. I mean, it was – it was, you know, it, I don't have the Rob, the big Rob Ryan chart, big fat chart of defense in front of me. But, I mean, it was it was horrible. They were right on schedule. Like they were creating turnovers. But I want to say after like week eight or nine, they created like two turnovers in the last like seven games. Like yeah, it the, was – the end, the end of the season, they definitely uh, – they were definitely giving the ball up more than they were getting it. Yeah, so it'll be um, it'll be 
It'll be. I mean, it'll be. It'll be interesting. Is there is there any other things that that we haven't touched on that you're looking for in this game that that will keep your that will keep your that will keep your attention before you start just totally ignoring the game and playing on Twitter? No, I can never pay attention to preseason. It's always <laughs> even even when the first string guy's playing to the third quarter, it's still boring. It is true. Still boring. Yeah, um, I'll be, I'm gonna kind of pay attention to the center because I. I wonder if Jonathan Goodwin, if he's not going to start, are they going to keep him on the team? <coughs> I still think you start him. I still think you start him. But yeah. that's my opinion. I don't know. I I, I think uh, I feel like I feel like it's half and half in Who That Nation. I feel like it's a pretty dead split over everybody's opinion on who starts at center. All right, before we get out of here, we don't. I forgot to fire out the Twitter questions, so we don't have any. Way to go. I'm a bad host. You're terrible. Uh, <laughs> but um, random NFL stuff, Dave. The, did you see the, the two Pittsburgh running backs, the first and second string? They got arrested together. I did. I saw they were, the... They were pulled over. They had like a, like t- like a, a pretty good amount of weed on them. So yeah. is that horrible influence of one teammate on the other, or is that good team bonding? They were doing something together. I think it's the latter. I think it's good team bonding. <laughs> you know, I think when they go in that locker room, you know, they're going to be solid. They're going to be a solid unit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just dumb. Why, what do you, what, you know, why are you doing that now in the middle of training camp? Why are you driving around with an ounce of pot while you're high? I mean, that's just, it's just dumb. Well, you know, and then this is Chris Carter on ESPN Radio this morning. I don't really like Chris Carter that much. I think he's just kind of spouts off cliches, like a lot of the talking heads. But he made an interesting point: is like, you know, it's really dumb of them to do this because once the regular season starts, I think he said, or after this week, mm-hmm. the NFL when they drug test you, they don't test for street drugs. They'll test you for PEDs. But once you get, I think he said the date was like right before the regular season. You could smoke weed all during the year, as long as you, <laughs> you as long as you're not in the uh, in the the program. And they won't test because they're just testing for PEDs. So for them to do that at this time is incredibly, incredibly dumb. Well, I mean, I think even more so than usual. You know, when it comes to the street, you know, when it comes to weed and and you know heroin and I mean, I guess you can throw cocaine in there, too. I, I, you know, I say if you want to go ahead and do that, go ahead and do it. I mean, I don't see how any of that is going to improve. It's certainly not going to improve any any player's performance on the field. Uh, and if anything, it's only going to hurt them. So, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, of the assumption where uh, let them do it. It's not it's not changing the game. It's not changing the playing field. Uh they're only hurting themselves if if they are. I mean, you know, smoking pot uh, in the privacy of your own home, you know, any time <laughs> before or after you're playing football, you know, is not going to affect the way you play football. So but here's a, you, shouldn't, here's a, you shouldn't be doing illegal things like driving high. Here's a podcast question. What should Jimmy Graham do instead of dunking? Uh, <laughs> um. That's a tough one. I mean, he's got to do, he's got to do something basketball related. He he could do like a little jump shot where he gets close to the goalpost and jumps up and then just does a little, a little jump shot and 
and lobs it over the goalpost. I would, I, think... I would like to see him do something that was very close to the dunking, but not actually the dunking. You know, I, I would I would love to I would love to see him dunk still, but instead of actually dunking and putting your hand on the goalpost, just kind of getting up there and just throwing it over the goalpost and not actually contacting the goalpost. But can you do that or is that no that that still falls under the... well here's 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 was my here was my idea is and I don't I've been away from New Orleans for so long that I don't know um uh where how many you know because they don't have McKenzie's anymore so do they have like local New Orleans donut chains yeah yeah they do like especially now I mean they have like uh uh like Sucre is one. It's not just donuts. They're like chocolate and gelato and that kind of stuff. But some some new donut places have popped up, like Blue Dot Donuts. And well, because District here's donuts. here was my idea, Dave. Is they when Jimmy Graham scores, they put up on the video screen video of him dunking, and and a donut company sponsors it. And when he scores a touchdown, you get like a two dollars off a dozen donuts or something. Well, it sounds like Dunkin' Donuts should just do it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. The Saints might not be because that'd be a lot of like this, like uh, putting something special in the jumbotron for one player every time they score a touchdown. I don't know how the Saints would, I don't know how they would feel about that. But I think it'd be if the Saints could, if if it was a sponsorship and they could make money off of it, they'd do it. They should just they could pay the fine. What? Well, yeah, but see, that's the problem with it is that I, I don't think I think a Dunkin' Donuts would be fine with paying. I, I think the 15 yards is the problem. Yeah, it is. That's the problem I have. Yeah, like <laughs> he's, he's it costs him like thirty five grand apparently. Yeah, like thirty three. <laughs> so it's question. a good thing he went to arbitration this summer so he can get all that money so he could afford all those fines. Here's a question from Adam Foche, who's in the podcast league. Uh, which safety is most likely to get weird with Uncle Rob? Uh, Darren Sharper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I I was gonna say maybe can I was gonna say maybe Marcus Ball because he's Canadian and or he played in Canadian football league so they like to drink so maybe you could see him out with like Rob at Miss Mays at like two in the morning. I'd say Pierre Warren just because he needs to do anything he can to suck up to Ryan so he gets a Man. roster spot. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, yeah, I mean, as we had this is the this is the. This is the third preseason game, and after, obviously we'll talk next week after. But how are you – like overall, Dave, we always used to do the Dave uh, the Dave Cariello panic meeting, panic meter. Where are you feeling overall about the Saints, and where does it – how does it compare to other years at this time? Well, I think we usually do like a DEFCON thing, and I think the, yeah. I think the higher DEFCON is actually the more calm. So I think I might get a DEFCON 5. I mean I'm – I'm totally calm so far. So everything seems good. Injuries um, don't seem to be a big issue yet. Everybody seems pretty healthy. Roster's great. I think once they cut down, I think they're going to have a really talented team. So um, I'm optimistic. I, I mean, you know, before 2009, before they won the Super Bowl, I wasn't thinking that that was going to be the year, uh, you know, that they would that they'd do it and that they'd have a chance. Um, you know, I, I think I might have said 10 and six or 11 and five. You know, a little while ago, but uh, I, I might even be willing to say like twelve and four now. Yeah, twelve is a lot. Twelve is a big. Twelve is a yeah. twelve is a big. I mean, 
It's a good number. That's that's winning your division. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, and I know it, it's, you know, I think Held's made fun of me a bunch of times, but I, I just feel like the difference between 10 and 11 wins and 12 is a lot. Yeah, no, you're right. It like, it, like, it feels like, like you could have the Dolphins, right? They've been in like eight and eight purgatory for like the last four years, right? And they've cycled through coaches and they had Sperano and like Philbin and all that stuff. And they've been eight and eight. I feel like the difference between 79 and eight and eight is like a bounce or two. And it's, you can easily have a team that's was seven and nine last year, squeeze out a 10 and six, but man, to go from like 10 and six to 12 and four, 13 and three, like it takes more than just like, Whoa, a couple nobody said anything about 13 and three, Ralph. I think Dave, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm saying I I look at that schedule and I just see like I think Atlanta I think their window is shut I think the I think the AFC North isn't that good, um, you know and, and um I think the Cowboys are gonna be awful I think the I think the yeah. schedule is gonna end up being really 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 soft, mm. but let's you hope know. so. What's that? Let's hope so. I mean, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking my, I'm thinking my, my absolute floor is going to be 10 and six. And I'm, yeah. I mean, I I'm going to say, I'm probably going to predict in my preview column, 13 and three. Oh where, boy. You crazy. You crazy. I'm crazy. Bro. And I'm, and they call me Mr. Negative. So you crazy, brah. So, um, well, thanks to Adam Foshe and, and John B for the two questions tonight, but that's the host's fault. Um, so Dave, what do you have the rest of this week, well, tomorrow and Saturday for the game and heading into next week, uh, on Canal Street Chronicles? <coughs> we got this podcast and then <laughs> I think JR was going to be talking to somebody doing like a live question and answer thing with the guys over at the Colts. So I don't know if he's going to be able to cross post that, uh, <laughs> and see that or, or get some answers from those guys about the Colts <laughs> before the game. But, um. Other than that, nothing big. And after the game, we'll, you know, I'll update my 53-man roster, see if there's any changes there. Um, and uh, we'll just head into that last week. We'll start looking at uh, all the guys on the bubble and see what happens. Hopefully we'll get a stock report from uh, T. One last question. If okay. the Saints have over 20 penalties again in the post-game press conference, will Sean Payton punch a media member in the face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if if that media member uh, starts cracking wise and, and asking <laughs> and asking questions over and over that he knows he's not going to get an answer to, maybe you better watch out, Triplet. You better hope it's a clean game, Triplet. I know. I, I almost <laughs> I, I almost hope they have like thirty penalties just so I because because I, lo- I love it was it was fantastic watching that post game. If, right if they have like thirty penalties in the middle of the game, I'm triplet and be like, enjoy that press conference, buddy. <laughs> Sit in the back. <laughs> yeah. Keep your mouth shut. Sit in the back, buddy. All right. So for Dave, for the missing in action, Andrew, for Kevin Held, who's working twenty hour days and is very upset that he couldn't talk about a Saints game that he didn't watch. Uh, I'm Ralph Marlboro. Uh, until next week, be safe. Peace.
The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.